is summer. You know what that means. Sprinklers are buzzing, popsicles are melting, and the Consumed Podcast is on your speakers for that road trip you've dreamed of taking. This is the show that features conversations with eaters, thinkers, drinkers, and makers on California's Central Coast. And I am your host, Jamie Lewis. Thanks for letting me tag along. Before we start, I want to tell you a little bit about some of the sponsors of the Consumed Podcast. We all know eating fruits and veggies is an important part of staying healthy. Fresh, local produce has the most flavor and nutrition, but how do you know what's in season locally? Become part of the Tally community as a member of the Tally Farms Box Program. Tally grows their produce and partners with other California farmers to include the freshest and best-tasting local produce you can find anywhere. Farming on the Central Coast since 1948, the Tally family created the Tally Farms Box to make healthy eating easy and affordable. Here's how it works. Select which size box you want, then choose pickup or home delivery and how often you want to get your box. It's flexible for customization and vacation holds, and included in all boxes are tested recipes and storage recommendations. Come be a part of Tally's healthy lifestyle. Visit tallyfarmsbox.com and use promo code CONSUMED for $10 off your first box. That's promo code CONSUMED for $10 off. Eat fresh, eat local, and eat lots of California fruits and veggies for better health. I recently spoke with Santa Barbara County wine veteran Wes Hagen in his new capacity as brand ambassador for Rancho Steanaveros Wines. He said the winery has started defining itself as deliberate, historic, and sublime, which if you've ever tasted Rancho Steanaveros wines, you will understand. Owner James Onaveros planted his vineyard with his own two hands after school and on weekends while studying at Cal Poly. All he had was his belief in the Santa Maria Valley, an eight-acre patch of mineral-stripped land, and his name. Turns out that was more than enough to produce some of the most elegant Pinot Noir in California. Today, winemaker Justin Willett makes RDO's Pinot Noir, as well as elegant Santa Maria Valley Chardonnay and Cabernet Sauvignon from the San Inez Valley. Call Wes Hagen for a private tasting with one of Wine and Spirits magazine's top 100 wineries in the world for 2021. Reach him at Wes at RanchoSteanaveros.com or 805-450-2324. Okay, on to the episode. Stephanie Killen is the functional nutritional therapy practitioner behind Sound Body Nutrition in San Luis Obispo, a service that works with women to resolve their health concerns using nutrition, lifestyle guidance, and natural therapies. In addition to her training in functional nutritional therapy, she has a unique edge. She has a culinary school degree. Stephanie became interested in nutritional therapy when she sought help for her own severe hormonal imbalances. With her culinary experience, she was able to tailor a program of nutritional recovery that uses data from extensive lab testing to nourish her clients and restore digestive and hormonal balance. We used my own wonderful physical woes and imbalances as jumping off points for her to share her expertise, which was kind of fun. Also, if you're signed up for the Consume Podcast newsletter, you'll get a recipe for Stephanie's Vitality Smoothie that she recommends for all her clients. She says it's great for breakfast as it is a balanced meal that promotes regularity, satiety, energy, balanced blood sugar, nourished adrenal glands, and digestion. Who doesn't love all that? You can sign up for the newsletter at letsgetconsumed.com or find the recipe on Stephanie's episode page on the website. Okay, here's Stephanie Killen of Sound Body Nutrition. Stephanie Killen. 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 Yes. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm glad you got in touch. It's um, it's always good to have somebody on who talks about, um, you know, not just how delicious our food is, but also f- what food can do for us and what it can take away. Exactly. It's super powerful. Super so. powerful. Yeah. And we all have to do it and it becomes part of our body. So we better pay attention to what we put in our mouths. It's true. When they say you are what you eat, it's very, very true. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so where did this all begin for you? Why did you get it? I mean, and, and let's say, let, let me ask you, what do you say when people ask you what you do for a living? I say 
uh, to, to be simple, it's, yeah. I'm a holistic nutritionist that mm-hmm. specializes in women's health. Why did you choose women's health as a specialty? You know, I, I didn't at first, but really when I got into what I am passionate about and wanted to learn more about it, women's health, it's just such a complex and dynamic area of dynamic focus. Dynamic is right. Oh my yes. gosh. Yes. Us as women, we have so many things that happen in our lives that bring about different changes in the body. Mm. And I think we need to take each one of those stages and, and really nurture that in a different way all the time. So, and so, yeah, I just, and I love working with women. I love supporting women. I feel like just women in general don't get the amount of support that they need Mm -hmm. right now. So I think just having, having somebody out there to, to support you in your health journey is really powerful. So, yeah. And you give, you offer, um, if I'm remembering this right, you offer kind of like protocols for maybe you work with somebody for 12 weeks or you work with somebody for 20 weeks. Yes, Um, exactly. Did I get that right? You did. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and so what does that look like when you work with a client? Yeah. So it's different than the traditional model of healthcare where you just make an appointment with somebody, they give you either a medication or, you know, a a protocol and send you on your way. So I really wanted to, I, I find that the best results come from working with somebody on an ongoing basis. And I really wanted to nurture that and create a program that allows us to check in every week with each other, whether we're doing an email check-in or a Zoom Mm -hmm. check-in, because I work virtually. But um, and that allows us to really peel back all the layers that goes into a holistic healing process. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like what to eat, but you know, when to eat and what you should not be eating. And we're working on your lifestyle factors, sleep and healthy movement and your self-care and stress management. And there's a lot that goes into just balancing the body. And Mm -hmm. for that, 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 that takes time. And sometimes we need to do that in layers. Mm -hmm. So hence the, hence the programs. Okay. And where, what is your background? I mean, where, how did you train for this? So I actually, I graduated college mm-hmm. and I was just a communications major and I asked myself what I'm just, <laughs> just a communications yeah. major. Yeah. Communication's no big it's deal. not really to do with <laughs> nutrition or food, I see, I see. but yeah. And I was like, well, what am I really passionate about? I, I've always been obsessed with food. Yeah. So I went to culinary school oh, and yay. really wanted to be a chef, but I got really interested in food as medicine. Yeah. And so I had worked with a practitioner that's similar to what I do now, and she really helped me with my healing journey. And I just thought, how cool is that? Like, I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. So I I started to look into different programs, and I found one through the Nutritional Therapy Association that really aligned with what I was going for. Mm-hmm. And um, I graduated in 2019 from that program, and I went on to do some continuing education with restorative wellness solutions, which allowed me to analyze lab work and put together some oh, more healing okay. protocols. That's what restorative, say that again, restorative. Restorative wellness solutions. And that means like actual, the actual testing and coming up with, I don't know, um, solutions for, or almost like prescriptions for how to heal. Yeah. We call them healing solutions. Yeah. So, um, and that's just allows a whole nut extra layer of, of personalization and customization, which has been really, really helpful for people who have chronic health conditions. And once you, once you get the foundations into place, which are the most important, um, sometimes a lot of people do need some, some deeper, data about mm-hmm. their bodies and that mm-hmm. that's where the testing comes in. I feel like that's important too, because I've struggled with thyroid, um, uh, and different, I mean, I'm anemic, all mm-hmm. kinds of, I'm pre-diabetic. Um, and it really does give a lot more confidence, I think, to the client slash patient when there is data behind it, instead of just kind of this intuitive, although, I mean, there's a place for intuitive mm-hmm. work as well, but I think a marriage of 
both, you know, I know people who I would definitely consider healers, um, who have a natural gift for intuiting where something is in the body, but backing that up with data would be really powerful. Yes. We always say testing instead of guessing. It really helps. But yes, clinical experience. And then also just going off of research, all of that comes into play and, and how to help somebody. So is that primarily like blood tests or what, what do you do? What are all the, what's the gamut of tests? Yeah. So the most, the the tests that I work with the most in my practice are a comprehensive blood panel. Mm -hmm. So very similar to what you would get going to a physical, getting a annual, you know, blood work from your doctor. Um, except I do always add on a full thyroid panel. Yes. Oh my gosh. Gynecologists (laughs) often won't. They really won't. They won't do it. I mean, I had that experience. We need the full picture. The full picture. I'm so glad you know this. Oh yeah. Well, cause I got really burned by it. Yeah. The, because I think it was, it, they test T3 and T4, I think, but not TSH or is it the other it's way around? TSH that okay. is always tested in a traditional yes. environment. Sometimes I'll run a T4, sometimes I'll run a T3, yeah. but there's, you know, about four or five other markers that I yeah. will add to a full thyroid panel because you know, conventionally speaking, they're just kind of looking for, okay, is your thyroid at a point where you need medication? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where we're like, okay, well, we want to see the whole picture. Like what's happening in the body? How yes. is the thyroid? How is, you know, working your brain, your thyroid, the cells, it, it all really matters. So we're looking at that full picture, which I think is really important. And so many women do come to me and they're like, yeah, I've had my thyroid checked and they said it was fine. They're like, let's just see. Why don't we just do it for funsies? Yeah. Like, and then I see that they only ran TSH. You know? And I'm like, that's not enough info. So. Because there's so much more that could be going on underneath that that's triggering numbers or, or that's happening without showing up on TSH, right? Oh yeah. yeah. All the conversion of thyroid hormones happens in your liver and your gut. So we've got to really look at, you know, those places for conversion of thyroid hormones, you know, are your cells being responsive to thyroid hormone? Yeah. So there's so much more that goes into it. Plus, you know, I add a bunch of other markers that, that help. You'd be surprised how many doctors don't even run vitamin D and won't oh, for oh. like under insurance. That's- Oh, is insurance the problem? Insurance the is the problem. Oh. Yeah. If they can't give it a good reason why, then the insurance companies won't cover it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I had that, I had a full iron panel mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, other markers that indicate, you know, liver function and inflammation in the body. So you get a really great picture of the various systems of the body mm-hmm. and what state they're in. Yeah. Okay. So what I remember also from either talking to you or your website was that you help women with hormonal balance. It's a big thing for you. It's a big thing. And really you can't, you can't balance hormones if you're not addressing gut health. So that's Mm. my other big area of expertise. What do you mean by that? I actually didn't, I wouldn't have guessed that. Why can't you balance gut health? How, what are, how are they related? So gut health, you know, the more that we learn about it, we realize all disease kind of stems from the gut and Mm -hmm. over 80% of your immune system is actually built in your gut by your microbiome, Mm -hmm. which is massive. And if there is inflammation or disturbances in the microbiome, which is like your healthy gut bacteria, Mm -hmm. um, then that can throw off all hormones. It can throw off your thyroid. It can throw off your estrogen, progesterone, all the sex hormones. Mm -hmm. So if you have an under, whenever we look at hormones. It's like, if there is an imbalance, we have to ask why, why is there an imbalance? It doesn't just happen usually. So like, let's, we're always looking root cause, root cause, root cause. And gut health is one of the biggest root causes Mm. to any hormone imbalance. So, and it's true. Most women that I talk to, if they come to me and they get are displaying signs of hormone imbalance, there's usually a link to digestive um, health or a gut health issue. So, uh, also an area that I really strongly focus on. So can we use me as a guinea pig? Yes. Yes. I'm a weirdo. I have, I, I, maybe I'm a hypochondriac. I don't know, but I have funny little markers that I've been following for a while. So I'm 45. Um, I know that I'm pre-diabetic because the registered dietitian told me when I had gestational diabetes that that's going to be the case for me forever. Um, I definitely have struggled with hypothyroidism, but now I'm on 
NP thyroid and I work with a naturopath and she's wonderful, but we haven't done a lot of gut stuff. So, um, I have gone on progesterone before I've never taken estrogen because my mom had stage three and a half breast cancer that was estrogen fed. So I'm really nervous about that. Although chances are it's not genetic. Um, but I also in the past year have gained 15 pounds out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like, nope, it's not out of the blue. It's cause you're, yeah, <laughs> it's because you're perimenopausal. <laughs> um, but, and I've also dealt with acne uh, that I had never dealt with through my twenties, thirties and till now. Um, so tell me what's wrong with me. Yeah, just given the information. Yeah, that you've and take given like me. what would you if if I were your client, where where would your mind go when you hear all of that? Okay, so I would I would ask how long you have are you diagnosed as hypothyroid? Yeah. Okay. And do you know if you are Hashimoto's or if you I'm are not? Chest- but my okay. mom is actually Hashimoto's, which is interesting. I don't know what the genetic strength is there, but no, I'm not. Okay. So that helps a little bit because if it's not autoimmune in nature, we're really looking at, okay, well, what is bogging down the thyroid? Mm-hmm. And so that's when we go back to those root causes. Okay. What is stressing out your thyroid? So we need to look at external stressors and internal stressors. Mm-hmm. So that's really external stressors are things like your jobs, your relationships, your environmental toxins that you're exposed to, um, even things like your diet, your water source, that type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, is there anything that is an endocrine disruptor in, in that sense? Then we're looking at internal stressors mm-hmm. and that's things that are happening within the body. Do you have a compromised gut microbiome? Do you have any underlying pathogens that could be overgrown and feeding um, you know, inflammation in your body? Do you mm-hmm. have leaky gut? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have digestive things that are causing inflammation in the body? Because inflammation, you know, it will take a toll on your thyroid health. Mm-hmm. And that's why we always kind of link it back to digestive health. And I would ask you, have you ever had issues with digestion? You know, oh, low, God. Yeah. oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I mean, haven't we all, it, it feels like we all have, um, but yeah, totally. So I, that's why I always, I'll do, I'll usually recommend like a stool test and a food yeah. sensitivities test because the stool test really gives us a full picture of what's happening in the gut, you know, especially the, the large intestine colon area, which is where we, you know, a lot of things happen. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that test gives us a lot of data. How are, how are you digesting your foods? You know, are there any overgrowth, you know, yeast, candida, parasites, is there Mm -hmm. an H. pylori? Is there anything happening that's causing a disruption in the body? You know, I would go over the the food sensitivities test that directly measures what foods are causing inflammation in your body. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to eliminate a lot of that, that root cause stuff to see if by alleviating that, does that ease up the stress, mm-hmm. um, on your body and on your thyroid. So, um, that's, that's kind of the process for that. Cause sometimes it's not just, oops, you know, I, I have a thyroid condition, even though it, there is a genetic component to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it all kicked off when I had my kids. Yes. So, I mean, I've been told that that's, there's a trauma response for autoimmune trauma, just meaning like a, an event. Yes. And so, Having children is an event for sure. And I have never been quite the same since then. Um, and I went into my doctor suspecting it was something having to do with my thyroid just because my mom, I was telling my mom my symptoms and she was like, God, I felt all of that when I was having thyroid stuff. So um, my gynecologist wouldn't really wasn't interested in checking the full panel. So I ended up going to a naturopath who did a great job And, um, she heard my symptoms and she was like, yeah, we should test you for that. And I guess that big event of having a child set off like a cascade of different symptoms. But what you're telling me is it could be either, well, do you try to 
solve the problem for people through their gut where they don't have to take medication? Is that kind of the goal? That is the goal. Okay. You know, I'm always, I am not a medical doctor. I cannot, yeah. you know, uh, but at the same time, yeah, our goal is to bring the body back into balance so that hopefully medication is an option yeah. and we put in enough natural supports, mm-hmm. you know, that taking the thyroid into consideration, you know, there are key nutrients to support a healthy thyroid. We know that T4 to T3 thyroid hormone conversion. Most of that happens in the gut and the liver. So we're supporting the liver, we're supporting the gut, um, and we're optimizing those parts of the body. So hopefully that that brings it all back into balance and either you'll need less thyroid hormone Mm -hmm. or maybe not any thyroid hormone at all. Autoimmune is a different animal. If Mm. it is Hashimoto's, you will, you know, that's an active attack on your thyroid gland always. And so a lot of the times that does require medication for life. Um, but yeah, otherwise our goal is to try to do this as naturally as possible. All right. So how would you, what would be your protocol for helping somebody who has hypothyroidism how, like, of course I go to, what are you going to make me eat or worse? What are you going to make me not eat? Yeah. So dietary wise, we're always focused on an anti-inflammatory nutrient dense diet. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be taking out some of the foods that we know are big offenders when it comes to inflammation. God, it's bread, isn't it? You're taking bread. (laughs) Gluten is a big one, especially for thyroid. There's Mm. like a molecular mimicry thing going on in the body and, and gluten also has been shown to to irritate the intestinal lining so a lot of people feel especially thyroid um those who experience thyroid issues feel a lot better when they mm-hmm. go gluten-free and fortunately there's a lot of wonderful gluten-free grains out yeah. there um you know another big offender is cow dairy like conventional yes. cow dairy it's been the one that i haven't I have not been able to even try eliminating it. Like mentally, I'm not there. <laughs> You're not there. But I yeah. know that that's, I've, I mean, I know that people feel better when they get off of it. It's a big one. Unfortunately, it's just the way that our, the cows and the milk kind of have been processed for the most part. So unless you know your neighborhood, um, you know, rancher that the yeah. treats are cow amazing and you're getting raw <laughs> dairy, um, it's, it's can be pretty inflammatory. And so we'll want to kind of cut that out. And there are just, you know, some other inflammatory fats that we want to stay away from and, and alcohol is a huge one. So yeah. you just want to really reduce that and even further, you know, your body's going to be different than my body. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that food sensitivities test comes into play yeah. because there could be something that you're eating every single day that you and I would never cut out like avocado or yeah. something. Yeah. But unfortunately your body has mounted an immune response against that. And yeah. so taking that out also gives your body a, ch- a chance to heal so, and then we want to build a nutrient dense diet, which means, you know, what you are eating mm-hmm. is going to support your blood sugar. It's going to support, yeah. you know, all the vitamins and minerals. It's going to have a positive effect rather than just not a negative effect. Exactly. Yeah. And so give you all those nutrients that we know you need for a healthy functioning thyroid. Yeah. When you do that food sensitivities test, what does that look like? Because here, I'll tell you why. I know somebody who said that they, I think it was maybe an allergy test mm-hmm. where they hold on to something and the person puts their finger in their belly button and like tells them, look at your oh, face that's <laughs> weird. and says, you can't eat this or you can't eat this. Is that, I mean, I know this is the craziest sounding thing, but I, this person told me that that's what her allergist <laughs> There's so did. many different ways. There's muscle testing, which might be what that, that specific but you don't put your finger in people's belly buttons. no belly button touching <laughs> i don't need to go there so all right so what's muscle testing muscle then? testing i actually used to do this in my practice pre-covid um but now you know when you can touch people yeah. <laughs> and so but that's it's it's really tapping into your body's innate understanding and innate intelligence of what's good and what's bad for your body. So you'll see a lot of actually chiropractors do this or naturopathic doctors, and you will literally hold the food or supplement, yeah. you know, in your hand. And there's different ways to test the body. I use the arm, yeah. um, but your arm will kind of hold strong 
on yeah. a certain food or supplement if it's if it's depending on what you ask so you can say is this food good for my body or is this food good for my thyroid and it's it's amazing it's trippy and it's it's amazing um so this is like that thing. yeah yeah or your body or your arm will dip and wait so do just do this with me right now just pretending okay yeah yeah can we pretend can, will you hand me that tangerine yes Okay, so do it to me. What am I doing? Well, I would need you to like stand up and okay. and really do this. And I'm not sure with the no, I know. Setup. But just show me if we oh, were but, doing oh, okay. it. Okay, yes. So basically, you would actually hold this in this arm, and that arm would be up. Okay, and then I would kind of hold you here yeah. on your wrist, and I would kind of tell you to resist me as I push on down the, on my on left. You. Here. Yeah. yeah, okay. And so like hold. Hold, and then I would actually touch your forehead, and yeah. there's a spot on your forehead, and then I'll have you to hold, and you'll kind of drop a little bit. Yes, and some people like drop, drop, and um, and then I would say, you know, um, Jamie, is this is this food, is this tangerine good for your body, you know, and your thyroid? Yeah. And then I would say, hold, and then it, depending on how you hold, yeah, um, if you hold strong, I'm like, okay, that's and when good. she says hold, she means like resist yes. the pressure, resist pushing my pressure down. without like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> strong arming it, yeah, <laughs> um, and and it's crazy, like you will hold. If the tangerine's good, and then you will dip, and some people like drop, drop. Um, Why does that happen? It's like you're. It's crazy. It's it, you're made up of energy. It just gets into a whole more of like the woo. Yeah, behind. Yeah, go to the yeah. Woo. It's good. <laughs> yes, the woo woo behind it. But we are all energetic beings, and it's really tapping into that innate intelligence. And so, you know, that's what I kind of grew up with with my practitioner mm-hmm. using that on me. And it's crazy now that I've gotten into the lab testing world. I've actually compared the two, and it's like freakishly accurate you mean between the whatever blood test and the the muscle even like what i find on my hormones because you can get real in depth with the muscle testing um so it's wild and and even the supplements and and but you know there's caveats with with muscle testing Mm -hmm. and it's really just snapshot in time yeah so that's tangerine could be not good for your body right now but maybe tomorrow (laughs) it might might be better for your so you're it's really just this like like snapshot in time right now. So that's where, you know, and, and it doesn't, some people are more receptive than yeah. others. So this is where like the lab testing comes in Yes, and we're able, and there's so many different types of food sensitivities testing. Your allergy doctor will usually do like an IgE allergy mm-hmm. test. And then you have, um, you know, which is a different kind of immune response. The one that I use in my practice is called the MRT Mm -hmm. mediator release technique. And that specifically measures the inflammatory response Mm -hmm. in the body. And how do you do that? How do you measure that? Okay. Blood test. Yeah. Wow. And it's over 176 different foods and chemicals, like food chemicals. Yes. And it's amazing what you can find. And some people are like, you know, I can't believe I was eating that all the time. Yeah. And so like, what kind of results do you see well, actually, let's back up to you. Mm-hmm. What do you find through testing? I'm sure you've gone nuts on yourself in oh, terms of testing. absolutely. What did you find that was a surprise? <laughs> you know, I've had the various different stool tests. So I've, I've come back with a lot of digestive dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't necessarily an overt physical manifestation for Mm -hmm. me, but I've always suffered with acne throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've really seen very low beneficial bacteria for Mm -hmm. myself. And then I've also seen, um, some, some bacterial overgrowth that can indicate like a digestive dysfunction, Mm -hmm. which either means you're not, you're just not breaking down your foods well. And if you don't break down your foods well, it's just going to cause inflammation down the rest of your GI tract. Yes. So really working on that, that was a surprise. I had a parasite present on one of my stool tests. Yes. And that's big. We all have them inside of us. Yeah. But, but I mean, I know somebody who, um, uh, they traveled once and they wound up with a parasite and uh, it has affected them ever since. And she cannot nail down what the problem is. Cannot figure it out. 
They can be super invasive and very mm-hmm. stubborn. So, and that's when we put together an anti, you know, a parasite eradicating protocol. Yeah. And so a lot of this is just, like I said, we have to take in context your, your symptoms and everything mm-hmm. that go, that go with these tests. But yeah. And then I, yeah, I've done a food sensitivities test and it's just wild. It was like, you know, for me, it was like lettuce and I was having salads like every single day, lettuce. <laughs> like lettuce. We think of that as so <laughs> harmless. Yes. But when you have what's called quote unquote leaky gut, which yeah. is like the, yeah, it's, it's a fan, it's a little slang term for intestinal permeability. What does that mean? So that means when you eat your food and let's say you have poor digestion, which a lot of us do, yep. um, you'll get maldigested food particles that start to irritate that intestinal lining as yeah. it cruises down there. And it, it, there's other things that weaken your intestinal lining, things like gluten or toxins that you're ingesting, pesticides, herbicides. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that can really weaken the intestinal lining, which is made up of these like tight junctions that fit together. Mm-hmm. And then they'll slowly kind of start to separate and a be, little bit. Become Those porous. Junctions become porous, okay. basically. And so what come what's inside of your intestines ends up poking through outside your into your bloodstream where your immune system sees that as a foreign invader and attacks it ah okay so let's say this undigested tangerine particle gets into your bloodstream oh your immune system says excuse me you're not supposed to be yeah. here i'm gonna mount attack against you and then the next time you eat this tangerine i'm gonna mount that attack again because yes, i remember it's programmed it. yeah yeah. And now you have an inflammatory response to this tangerine. Yeah. <laughs> so when we look at, we have to, okay, we have to heal that up. <laughs> Let's take the tangerine out for a few months, you know, but can it come back yeah. most of the time? Okay. Yeah, totally. And then, but we got to put together. So, so many people do these food sensitivities tests out of context. Like they, they'll just do it. And then they don't do any of the gut healing work that goes with it. They just eliminate. Yeah. And and then it can just come back or it just morphs into a different you know, mm. food sensitivity because we're not healing the gut. <coughs> Sorry. No worries. Can you fix my cough? <laughs> <laughs> when I cough, it just keeps going. It's like once the gate opens, <coughs> super fun. Super fun. I've been there. I understand. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't ever have this before, but when I think probably when I hit my thirties, all of a sudden it's like, it can become such a problem, especially at night when I'm sleeping next to somebody um, who says, could you leave now <laughs> after the billionth coughing fit? Do you have allergies or acid reflux or? Probably. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have such a hard time being in touch with my body in terms of, I mean, half the time, I don't even know what I'm feeling. So many it's people really have It's really sad though. Yeah. I live so much up here. Mm-hmm. And rarely in my body, it's been hard to cultivate an understanding of what do I feel right now? Meditation helps. I was just going to say, yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. Grounding yourself through meditation, even just doing that mental body scan of how does, how am I feeling? You know, where's their discomfort? That type of thing. Hovering above everything and yeah, checking in. Checking in, doing the body scan. That can be amazing. I also, you know, whenever I bring in on a new client, I have them fill out a four day food and mood journal Mm. and it really has you track every meal, how your diet, you know, what your digestion, how your mood is energy and it's crazy it's just four days but people are like I had no I didn't really realize like when I ate this that I experienced fatigue or totally you know they it a lot it forces you almost to pay attention to Mm -hmm. your response because we're so used to just like powering through and (laughs) totally I had a deli sandwich for lunch and I'm flagging right now which is not fair to you (laughs) um but yeah I mean I didn't it was it was a standard sandwich. Like I didn't, it wasn't on gluten-free bread. It wasn't, it was all of the things which taste so good. Do you ever eat them anymore? It has to be worth it. Yes. It has to be worth it. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I told my clients too. Like it's progress over perfection, Mm -hmm. you know, do your best, but you'll get in the habit of constantly just checking in and saying, is this worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, do I want, did somebody just bake me an amazing cake? Like for my birthday? That's Heck what's yeah. so hard. <laughs> yeah, the, It's other people being kind is the hardest part, honestly, or celebrating with people. I feel like we're celebrating all the time, all the time, all the time. 
yeah, we have a lot of friends and our kids have a lot of friends and it's just, there's always something to celebrate and it gets really hard. Um, you know, it's a a wonderful problem to have, but it gets hard to pick and choose. And you're like, okay, I don't want to be the center of attention. Free, dairy free. Uh, is there how much sugar is in this? Really? Can't have alcohol. Um, but there's different ways to navigate that. And, and so that's what's the beauty about working with somebody is, you know, you get all those tools. You basically are building like a little toolkit for mm-hmm. yourself to tap into and notice. And and what I really focus on is, is, is sustainability instead of deprivation because yeah. it just doesn't last yeah. if you're constantly feeling like I'm left out or mm-hmm. this isn't. This isn't fun. This or isn't like delicious. asking for special. <laughs> I can you make it like this, or can you do this? Or you, I never want to be a burden to people like that. That's hard. So I I wind up just eating at home or something, you know? Right. And yeah. there's different ways to navigate it. And knowing, okay, like I'm not going to have control over this today, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But tomorrow I'm going to have control, you know, because I'm going to be home. Or yeah. and just knowing life happens, and you're going to roll with that, and don't feel guilty about it, mm-hmm. and and then just get back on the the wagon tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What? Okay. So speaking of getting back on the wagon with (laughs) alcohol, what is it about alcohol that is not great for your gut? So in in and of itself, it's very acidic. And Mm -hmm. so it sure, I mean, it totally (laughs) is. Yeah. So it's just going to be really hard on the stomach in general. It's just like, like, gasoline on the fire really mm. so especially if you have a compromised tummy um and then it's so it is just inflammatory by nature mm-hmm. and then it's also hard on the liver yeah so it's poison it's unfortunate i, know. I say it all the time <laughs> it's poison that's been backed off just enough for us to be able to drink it yeah mm-hmm. and it's it's wild actually canada just revised their like national health mm-hmm. um Association just came out and revised because it used to be oh, alcohol in moderation mm-hmm. was actually healthy for you. Now it's like, you know, it's zero. Yep. It is zero yep. alcohol. I'm hearing that too. <laughs> so it's, it's tough because it's such a huge part of our culture. Yeah. Especially and, here. Yeah. Huge. And, and it can be really tough. Even, even for me, who's a nutritionist, it's like, that's every social event, yeah. everything. And it's, it's really hard. So, so what do you do in that situation? Again, we ask, okay, is this worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and how do I moderate this? And I can have, I can have a drink, but then I'm going to switch over to, you know, some soda water with lime or a Pellegrino or yeah. Topo Chico and I'll put a splash of cranberry juice. And yeah. that way you, you feel like you're still part of the mix and mm-hmm. maybe you've even enjoyed a little, a little bit of it, but your liver can only process an ounce of alcohol an hour. So you're just, oh, you're wow. just trying to like balance, really mm-hmm. finding the balance and that takes time, mm-hmm. practice yeah, and support. And I think it has to be bad enough for you to want it, right? You have to remember how bad it was. I'm kind of out of touch with how bad it was right now. All I know is this weight gain thing is making me bananas. So I know that that's something you focus on for people. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, for weight loss in itself, I've never, I never promote myself as a weight loss, you know, coach or practitioner. It's Mm -hmm. all about bringing the body back into balance, but there are certain things like perimenopause that will automatically put you at a disadvantage Mm -hmm. for your metabolism. So once you start to lose your estrogen and progesterone, you will automatically, your metabolism slows down. And once you lose that progesterone, which is a lot of what happens after postpartum, Mm -hmm. you have that heavy drop in progesterone and that can trigger that thyroid, especially even an autoimmune thyroid Mm -hmm. condition because you need that progesterone to support healthy thyroid hormone. So that goes down and thyroid is the master of your metabolism. So, you know, you're already at this like, okay, now we have to make sure is your is your estrogen and progesterone balanced yeah. because that's going to be an uphill battle. And what is balance after, you know, 45, 50 years old? That I'm sure that's a hard thing to to figure out because when we talk about balance, optimally that's probably like, I don't know, a 25-year-old woman's balance. But what's balance for me at this age? Yeah, it's quite it, different, I'm it's sure. It's quite different. It, uh, and there's just so many different like uh, factors. It's like, are you still cycling anymore? Mm -hmm. You know, have you had your last period? What 
stage of perimenopause are you in? Because that matters because you'll go from like high, like fluctuating estrogen, which is like low and high and low and high. Maddening. Yes, maddening all Mm. the symptoms. And then you're just like slowly pooping out on the progesterone. Yes. And then once you are fully menopausal, like you haven't had a period in a year. It's official. When it's official. Yeah, like you pretty much are like, very low estrogen, yeah. almost no progesterone. And so that's where you come in with, okay, bioidentical hormones can be really magical yeah. for a lot of women. And and then also just putting in that the herbal supports yeah. and everything to get it to where you're feeling good. I think it's come a long way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what my mom went through. It's important to her because of everything that came after um, in terms of doing hormone therapy. But I also know that even since she was, had to address that, even in that amount of time, things have come a long way. Bioidentical, different, um, different formulations, herbal supplement, all of that. Um, and I would like to know more about that eventually when, you know, it gets to a point of desperation. What, what you're talking about with, you know, all of the attendant ancillary things that come along with that weight gain, one of them for me is my cardiovascular health, my diabetes, all that. It all is impacted by the weight gain, regardless of where the weight gain comes from. It doesn't mean my heart doesn't know the difference. All it knows is that it's having to work harder for something bigger. And it's a vicious cycle. A lot of that comes back to your thyroid again, Mm -hmm. because your thyroid metabolism, right? And it it masters the metabolism. If your metabolism slows down, you're going to be processing your glucose slower. You're going to be processing your fat and your cholesterol slower. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times people who have a hypothyroid issue do have insulin resistance, Mm -hmm. do have um, cholesterol, you know, cardiovascular health issues. My cholesterol's gone up in outrageously. So yeah, something's going on. Yeah. And it's usually linked to the thyroid. Yeah. So it's, it's, they see the, the trifecta all the time. Mm-hmm. And so you have to really put in things that are going to support the thyroid, which goes into hormone balance as a full umbrella. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, your strategies change as well as uh, like, as far as your diet and exercise go. Yeah. That that's, that's changed. What I would recommend for a cycling female versus a perimenopausal menopausal female yeah. are different. It's different. Mm-hmm. So that's when you get into different, different diet and exercise strategies. Well, let's say this person is still cycling. So what would you recommend for, yeah. What would you recommend in terms of diet and exercise strategy? So for I really think in a perimenopausal state that this is where something like intermittent fasting can really come into play for you. Interesting. I would like to know more about that. Yeah. So it, research has really shown that it it helps to tap into those fat storages. It helps to insul- re-insulinize, like it sensitize the body to insulin. Uh-huh. So, and that's it, it, when you're going through that perimenopause state, when you have that, that thyroid issue it and and insulin resistance follows mm-hmm. you really want to get those cells to be sensitized to insulin again mm-hmm. and so that's where we can do that intermittent fasting mm-hmm. usually the 168 method is what, what i mean? recommend 16 hour fast 8 hour eating period okay. okay and the closer you can get to that the be- the better mm-hmm. and that allows your body to just kind of have a full fully digest everything that's in there mm-hmm. and really tap into those uh, backup energy sources, your liver and your fat cells. Okay. And um, so a lot of women, they'll try keto um, and that can, that, there's a time and place for that. Not every woman needs to go full keto, mm-hmm. but intermittent fasting is, can you can still do that without being full keto. Why would a woman not 
want to do full keto? Um, a lot of ketogenic diets are very heavy on fat yeah. and dairy. And mm. so when you're having an inflammatory response against dairy, I'm not going to It's not a good idea yes. to be on that. Yes, right. <laughs> so I am more of a paleo mm. advocate in that sense. Going low carb is another strategy mm-hmm. and not no carb because they are important. Yeah. But lower, you know, starchy carbs, really focusing on protein. Protein is going to be your best friend yeah. as, as you get older and you, you, your protein needs go up mm. in perimenopause and menopause. So, you know, what we try to strive for is more like 1.2 grams of protein, mm-hmm. um, per kilogram of body weight. So, you know, for that's roughly around 80 grams at least of protein per that's day. A it's a lot. That's a lot. I could do it. I could, I could really do it if someone cooked for me See? <laughs> <laughs> or if someone gave Give you really great strategies. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's true. And <laughs> ideas and recipes and all. Yes, yeah. but we're so many of us are not getting adequate protein. We're just yeah. not. Yeah. And without adequate protein, your blood sugar is not going to be stable, which is going to lead to more insulin resistance. And yeah. it's just like this. So those are some of the you know intermittent fasting, getting enough protein, and and then moving your body, especially weight training. Yes, as you for bone health as well as just building that muscle mass that tends to start wasting away as we get well, older. Well, for sure, yeah. And it's gone when it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, when it's gone, it's gone. So you better, yeah, use it or lose it yeah. kind of a thing. So you're in a, you know, a critical time right now. Like I always say, the more that you can do in the perimenopause stage yeah. to optimize your health, the easier menopause will be for you, yeah. you know, because it's inevitable, but it doesn't, you don't have to suffer through it. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, okay, so my husband, see, I'm getting all the freebies. I'm going to use you <laughs> up, lady. Please. Um, my husband was trying to lose weight and he is not a dieter at all, but he is kind of an all or nothing guy. <clears throat> he was avoiding it, avoiding it, avoiding it. And he finally decided to do what he calls intermittent fasting. He's kind of made it up for himself. (laughs) Um, He was eating from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. every night. Wow. And I was nervous. He's since gone to just lunch and dinner, which is great. Mm -hmm. But I was really nervous that he was going to deprive himself so much that when he came back to eating, it was just going to pile on. Oh yes. Kind of the yo-yo diet effect. Yeah. 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 Is that a, I mean, he's definitely not eating in a, um, neither of us is eating in a way that like brings a lot of positivity to our lives. It's mostly about just right now. We're just trying to keep it going, survive. survive. (laughs) Um, but disregarding the things that he eats, that timing, does that, am I right about that? That it's just gonna, I mean, he's runs the risk of piling it on once he starts eating again. Not necessarily in men's physiology or is completely I forgot. different than women. He's a man. He's a man. Yes. So they don't have a lot of the hormonal influences that we do. Man. I do, you know, calorie restriction does tend to work really well for men. Mm. Um, but having a three hour eating window, it's a little short it's in my opinion. Yeah. I do think it can cause unnecessary stress on the body, especially mm-hmm. for a prolonged period of time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's different ways to intermittent fast. Some people do, they take an entire day off Mm -hmm. and then we'll do that for two days a week. And then, um, so, but by shortening that, that, that window, I'm more comfortable with, with an eight hour eating window because just for hormone balance in general, Mm -hmm. but I specialize in women's health. I completely (laughs) forgot about that. And yes. Oh my gosh looking at a man's physiology and then looking at a women's, I mean, they just could not be more different. Right. And you never want to compare because the majority of the time men will lose weight so much quicker than their female counterparts. And it's like, what? We're doing the same diet and it's just coming off of him and it's their testosterone. They have higher levels of testosterone that helps you. It's anabolic. It burns. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they have that leg up and we have, lots of estrogen and we're meant to be. Oh, I know. Always a moving target all the time. Yes. Yes. My husband also, I mean, I think it, it, they differ. Men and women differ a lot also in where they gain mass. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, this is just, I, I know anybody could answer this, but 
when we were working on farms for a while, uh, and we are not farm workers, like we'd never worked on a farm before. Well, we're doing, you know, eight, 10 hours a day of manual labor over the course of a year. And, uh, his body was so gorgeous by the end of it. One of our, one of our um, farm hosts said that he looked like the David (laughs) and I was like, he does. He's just like broad shouldered, you know, small waist. It just, it suited him so well. I looked so did my, my body composition changed so much and it was not beautiful. It was actually really bulky. So you can do the same exact work. You could do the same exact diet timing, whatever it is and wind up having completely different results. Completely. Yes. So that we are two different, <laughs> two different animals. Yes. It really is. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, if you were going to celebrate, let's say you're going to die tomorrow. Yeah. So you're like, what do I care if it inflames me? Or not. Whatever you decide. What do you want to eat on your last day? And what do you want to drink? And who do you want to be there? Ooh. I... I'm obsessed with basically dim sum. So mm-hmm. if you put me at Din Tai Fung or a dim sum place and just fill me up with dumplings and Watch noodles. Watch the cart go by. Oh gosh, yes. Egg tarts, all the whole nine. That is that is my happy place and yeah. I'd be so happy. We don't and have much. Of, we don't have any of that here, no, do we? No, we don't have great no. Asian food in the Central Coast. No, not at least not a great variety, I would say. Yeah, especially that, which is Chinese in origin. So mm-hmm. I usually will find that in San Francisco. Hmm. kind of my go-to for that. LA has got a a little bit of it, but San Fran is kind of where it's at when I go. And then, you know, Din Tai Fung is a chain. uh, And so you can find that throughout at least California, but uh, it's it's so good. So So fun. So interactive. All the carbs, all the gluten. So you would go for it. (laughs) Oh yeah. This is my last day. Absolutely. And that's, that's my joy. And I'd be, you know, nothing particular to drink. Just, you know, that's, I'm all about the food. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And who's going to be there with you? My husband, and I would love my immediate family, my sister, her kids, my parents, and of course, best friends, which are like family. If I can have all of them there to to laugh and enjoy and try all the things, I I think it's one of the best memories and times that you can have with anybody. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wish the dim sum for you, but not the day after, (laughs) not anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for all of your expertise, all your willingness to chat about, you know, specific things in general things. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for carving time out of your day to listen to consume. If you like what you hear, it always helps if you rate and subscribe to the feed. To learn more about my guests, see their photos, and connect with them via their website or social media, visit letsgetconsumed.com. You'll also find a newsletter sign up if you want to visit for me in your inbox every now and again. Until then, I'm Jamie Lewis. Cheers. Cheers.